Friday, Friday, Galaxy on my day. Hallelujah, hallelujah, it's Friday. The weekend's here and we'll have a kid of me. We'll relax, hallelujah, hallelujah, and take off our slags. Hallelujah, hallelujah, and sit around the house in a rotten underwear. Hallelujah. Hello, friendos. Toast name is Chad Dukes. And I am burdened with glorious purpose. It's the Chad Dukes Radio Show. It's not Free FM. So give Chad a call. Here's the number. 385-645-5375. It's Miller time. What is that now? Twelve hands in a row? Dukes, you son of a bitch. Nobody's that lucky. Now here's your host, the big silly. Chad Dukes. Charlie Hotel. Alpha Delta. Yeah, Dukes. Dig it. There, but for the grace of God, it was me. Well, the nickel's our tail. And the damage can win. We rolled over New York. Never let us back in We blew out the lights Kicked the windows in And when the law showed up Said they're gonna have to take us in Hey there, boy. What's happening? It's your pal, Jimmy J. Got another free Friday episode for everybody. I am going to have some really good pictures on the bathroom update later this evening. Uh, we kind of discussed it on Wednesday's show. There is a working shower. There is a working toilet in my upstairs bathroom. Holy shit. It's, <laughs> it's been christened. Maybe there'll be a picture. Who knows? We'll find out. Thank you to everybody. My God. I mean, it's there. There's still little little dinky things here that they're they're we're waiting for to get completed. But it's 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 pretty much done. It's God. It's beautiful. I'm extremely appreciative. Appreciative. Thank you guys. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We had a really fun week of shows. Special guest we had this week. Old Steve Pie joined us on Wednesday. Shout out to the Pie Tasters with this intro song. We had a four-show week because, as you know, uh, today is travel day. Well, travel day for for most, not uh, not your pal here. Uh, okay. It's referenced a lot how uh, my life is kind of miserable. Ah, boy. So here's going to be, and this is, this is brand new. N- none of the boys know this yet, so we'll see if they listen to the show to get any of this. My schedule... For Nashville, there's a little snafu at work where you you have to take a five-day span off, and apparently there's a stipulation in there where you're not allowed to log on. I did that back in June. It was no problem, no big deal, but because I'm such a maniac and I don't like coming back to work to 600 emails in my goddamn inbox, I logged in just to check my emails, clear the inbox, logged off, called it a day, 15, 20 minutes tops, maybe. Who knows? Regardless. Emails. That's all I did. No work. Checked the emails. Cleared the box. Moved on. Get an email from HR. Uh, Your compulsory leave hasn't been fulfilled. I said, sure it was. Back in June. 
They said, well, you logged on here, here, and here. It's like, yeah, I was just checking my emails, cleared it up. They said, you can't access company buildings. You can't access company computers. You can't access anything. You need to be gone for five days. And as it is currently December 9th, I don't have a lot of time to take those five days. So we picked a week for me and we're, we're using the holiday. So technically I only have to use four days worth of leave to get this five days. But now I couldn't take off Friday and I can't take off on Monday. So I'll be working a full day today. I'll go home. I'll get my stuff ready. I'll get a little bit of sleep. And then probably at 2 a.m. my alarm is going to go off for me to get up and make my trek 10 and a half hours to Nashville, Tennessee. Should hopefully get there a little after noon, maybe one, maybe two. Depends on piss breaks, gas breaks, all that stuff. Check in for my hotel, which I do have, by the way, although it's not the same one as, as all the boys. So that's going to be weird. Three o'clock is the check-in. I'm going to meet up. We're all going to hang out. Uh, apparently, there's a, a really nice dinner we're going to go to, which I'm super excited for. And we're probably going to drink and have a great time, and everybody's going to go back to their hotel, and I'm going to go back to my hotel all by my lonesome. And then we're going to meet up on Sunday. We're going to go to the game. We're going to have a great time. We're going to drink a lot. We're going to cheer for the Titans. We're going to drink more beer and laugh and make fun and poke fun, and it's kind of what we do. Then, let's say... 8 p.m. Sunday, I will then have to tell the boys, see you later, because I will then have to go back to my hotel, I will have to check out of the hotel, and then I will have to drive overnight from Tennessee to Washington, D.C. to be at my day job at 8 a.m. on Monday morning. It is going to be a shit show. I can't wait. All right, all right, enough of me. Back to the show. Monday Night Shooting Tour was back. They had a full recap of the NFL as a show character who had a special cameo. Someone on the show has a bit of an injury update, and Tour got some learning on ska music. Tuesday, we saw Shoot Tour and Joe Soup in the studio. There was a handful of movie trailers that came out that they all had to discuss. We had the Soup Scoop with Joe Soup, which turned oddly hostile. There's a conversation about names that are had, and for everybody out there named Matt, I'm very sorry. And the boys give out their NFL picks for this coming week. Wednesday was a really fun show. Big, full, fat episode in here. It was Dukes, it was myself, it was Ant-Man, it was Money Monk, and our special guest, Steve Pie from the Pie Tasters. Turns out Monk has multiple beefs with people that needed to be squashed. The boys went out earlier in the day and they saw the movie The Menu. We had story time with Steve Pie Taster and Ant-Man did his weekly installment of the BMI. On Thursday, we got ourselves another shoot solo. Dukes was in the studio to recap his birthday celebration. Uh, he was also joined by artist Jason Lohmeyer. He recently bought some uh, artwork from him. I had him on the show. Really good guy. Great talker. And he has some grievances that just... He needs to get off of his chest. So from Wednesday's show, I'm going to give you a little bit of the story time with Steve Pye. If you remember back in the Big on Dukes days, the human burrito story, not everybody has heard that story. So we're going to cover that one more time. And boy, Monk has a bunch of questions. I have the uh, interview with Jason Lohmeyer, the artist that Duke sat down with on Shoot Solo. But we're going to get you started off with right now. 
Dukes does what he finds extremely entertaining. He got a cameo from someone on the show. They're going to go over that. And that kind of delves into an injury that was sustained. <laughs> if, if you can't relate to it, I, I don't know what to tell you. If you're interested in buying or selling a home, there's only one person you should call, and that's Joe Azer. You can reach him at 571-989-2937. That's 571-989-AZER. Let's start with this. Uh, I booked a cameo for Smoky Mountain Jovan Curse, the freak, as he is known in Tennessee. Of course, he'll be returning to start in Nissan Stadium. I assume Joe will be running on out there with the big sword and sticking it in the ground like all Titans legends do when they're on their hometown team field. What kind but of shit would that be to see? I to would, see? I'd be so jealous if he was able to do that. But I, I just, I, if he would fall over in a big face... <laughs> I think uh, I think it'd be fun. I know I know this tour that if you guys had a contest, he would beat you to the sword. I know that much because you've had foot races in the past, and uh, Joe does very well in those. Um, the uh, I I have a cameo, and I, people book me periodically on cameo. Not really enough to you know pay any bills, but um, what they what what the cameos do that people book, they're generally enough for me then to see who is on cameo, and then book that person to make fun of one of my friends. And uh, I've been doing it for years. It used to be I would book UFC fighters to tell Othello that he's fat. Um, I would book UFC fighters to tell Angel he's shiftless and doesn't have a job and his wife makes all the money. Um, all types of fun stuff. I had the one where Drab T-shirt was in love with the cowboy that died in 1883, and I booked that. Uh, but um, I popped open my little cameo app there. And by the way, if you're going to book a cameo, uh, please do. I'm on there. I'm with anybody, though. Please, for the love of God, take the time to flip open your laptop and book it on your laptop. If, if you knew how much money they take uh, if you book it on the mobile app, because they have to, because the apps just fuck everybody. That's why we'll never have an app. Nobody should ever have an app. Um, I, I was looking through the new and notable, and there was a um, there was a gentleman that popped up that uh, looked, I would say that he looked somewhat familiar. Somewhat familiar tour. I saw his face and I said, it kind of looks like a guy that um, has been in a bunch of stuff. And uh, I don't know exactly who it is. And he was holding up a bottle. And I said, I wonder who this guy is. And I clicked on it. And there, right on his bio, it says, this is Matthew Patrick Davis. This is the actor that plays the mother in Barbarian. Um, I, uh, my wife was unaware that it was a dude. Um, it is a dude, and uh, it's the only way a straight white male can get an acting role now. You had all these <laughs> prostheses on, and you had to be chasing people and locking them in cages and shoving nipples down their throat. Um, I watched one of the cameos he did, and he fucking does the voice. He, bah, 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 he does that, and I'm like, oh, my God, it is him. Um, and so... Joe had told me that um, he's been so enamored with the movie that he's got this dude that I, he might be dating at work. Um, <laughs> I learned a couple things about Joe after he had a second pint of whiskey last night. Oh. Explains a lot. Um, that I guess they they walk past each other in the hallway and they they touch fingers like E.T. or something. Um, other microphone, Joe, is what he's trying to say. You gotta you gotta be really really clear. Yeah. Um, and they go bah, 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 to each other as they walk by in the in, hallway. In the workplace? Yeah. 
It didn't seem appropriate to me, but is, is that about right, Joe, that description? Yeah, it's a little bit of an inside joke because we're the only two in the office that have watched the movie. Okay. And it's not that inside, though. I mean, the movie made $100 million. So. Well, I, nobody else in the office has seen it. So it's just you and this guy, and then you baba it up? Yeah. <laughs> we, we, I asked him if he had watched it because he's a horror movie guy as right. well. And he said, oh, yeah, it was a great movie. And then we just started randomly just doing bah. Bah, bah. <laughs> what does oh. ever what does everyone else think is happening when they you have guys no are idea doing what's this? going on right right i'm surprised no one just doesn't go to hr immediately after they see that i would have oh boy so they they touch the figure then the heart light glows and then they play the neil diamond um so i got uh i made a cameo and i told matthew patrick davis about everything that joe does with the movie and of course joe's one of those guys that i think joe he picked ant-man uh, to have sex with when we had the big event out at Flying Ace Farm, <laughs> but he was really effusive about the creature's knockers and the breastfeeding scene. <laughs> so it's just interesting to hear the guy that was wearing the prosthesis like actually talk to Joe about how perverted he is. There's a connection there. Yeah. Well, hold on. I talked about how I was not into it. Well, I don't remember uh, it that there way. Was there was, that's not the way I remember Joe, There was a lot of double talk. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah. He's being very passive-aggressive, Tor. I think <laughs> I you can agree on so. that. Um, so I booked, uh, I booked him on cameo. It's very affordable, by the way. I think it was like forty nine ninety nine. They're worth every penny. This might be the best cameo. I mean, I know we always say this, like the Luigi Primo, Primo cameo <laughs> where he's shitting all over Monk might still be number one. Cause he's shitting all over Monk, but this has got to be really close. Um, so I, I have the audio here. If you haven't seen it, I believe it is up on the show Facebook page, but, uh, I wanted to play this with Joe here. <laughs> oh, hi, Joe. <laughs> it's me, Matthew Patrick Davis. I play the mother in Barbarian. Obviously, right? I mean, this is what you thought she would look like under the get up, right? <laughs> this is a gift from Chad. Me. He uh, says that you are apparently obsessed with Barbarian. Whoa. It's true. Thank you. Thank you, Joe. Uh, he, he says that uh, you do the uh, ba-ba line constantly. <laughs> so say it with me now, Joe. Ba-ba-ba-ba-ba. Ba-ba. Joe, you're my baby. <laughs> baby. Uh, apparently you're super over the top with it, and that yes. uh, apparently uh, Chad says you seem to be a little too interested in the breastfeeding scene, <laughs> quite frankly. That's, that's not true. You know true. what, Chad? Joe's, Joe understands. You know, sometimes you need to forcibly breastfeed a man <laughs> when they won't take word. your bottle, right? Your ba ba bottle. Or if you watch the deleted scenes, you can also learn how to bite the head off a rat and baby bird it yeah. into their mouth. <laughs> You get it, Joe. You get it. Well, here you go, Joe. I'm going to let you uh, virtually sup from my hairy bottle. So uh, open wide. Do you like that, Joe? Are all your dreams coming true? Boop. A nose boop. Bye, Joe. Oh, man, that was fucking tremendous. It's even better now looking to see how disturbed Tor is while it's happening. It makes it that we're I mean, going to pay double, to be honest with you. It's the scariest shit I've ever heard in my life. Well, it is crazy because he's like a real normal looking cat. He's prof I tell you what, 
Certified professional. No there. shit. He knows what he's doing. But they use... I mean, that's his voice coming out of that fucking thing in that movie. <gasps> you know people in the audience that haven't watched that movie yet? What's wrong with them? It, it, it's worth a watch. It's my best... It's uh, the shoot best movie of the year right now. I'll have to go back and look at everything that I saw. Oh, yeah. Same with me. Okay. Same with the Joe best movie of the year? You're drinking yeah. my Kool-Aid, motherfucker. At least so far. All right. Fair enough. Uh, but you enjoyed the cameo, Joe? Oh, yeah. I loved it. Five I sent it to him on text, and then he didn't respond. Uh, so there was... What, what are you talking about? Go ahead and look at the text. I, no, no. I Pull re- your fucking tiny phone no, out. No, no, no. Pull your fucking tiny I phone out. I saw it on Facebook, and Pull I your fucking tiny too. phone out. Yeah, well, I'll show, I sent it over to you, and then I didn't see you until... And Saturday night, Joe goes, what we doing tonight? I haven't heard from your big fat ass. Oh, <laughs> shit, Joe. And I was like, I'm putting up the Christmas decorations, Joe. I'll see you tomorrow. He's like, what, what the fuck ever? And I was... <laughs> That's the last I heard. I remember things differently. It's slightly different. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, you're drunk. That's probably why you don't remember. Uh, but, Joe, you will be at the Soup Scoop tomorrow, correct? On the yes, Tuesday episode? Be. Big fan of that. Big fan of Joe doing the Soup Monk Scoop. Monk going to hate me. Well, why is that? Can you give us a little teaser? I mean, I just, Monk why would not Monk ha- be have- You gave Monk Soup a four or five, I think. That's right. You got a better than a four or five in stock for tomorrow? Maybe, maybe not. Oh, Lord. <laughs> All right, before we get to the football uh, tour, I uh, I have a, a, an injury to, that I need to report to you. We can't, uh, we're like the NFL here, we have to disclose all injuries to make sure. Um, oh, before that, I did I did want to tell, well, no, I, I'm going to disclose it, Joe, you don't need to worry. I just wanted to tell people that, uh, again, the um, everyone's been very cool with Commonwealth Trigoods stopping on by. Uh, getting all the Christmas shopping done. We, uh, we're we open an extra day on Monday, and a lot of people stop by then. If you have not gotten your Chad Dukes show soundtrack, it is available at the shop. It is available. Uh, you heard the promos for tour. You can buy it on CommonwealthRuggets.com. And we found about um, 10 more of the Son of a Santa uh, bourbon glasses. We I thought they were sold out, but... I found a little cache of them. Cache? I don't know how you say that. Well, that's righteous. Those those rule. They're super cool. Uh, so if you missed out on those, we have those at the shop as well. I um, On Saturday, instead of doing all requests or watching the bare knuckle fight, um, I, my wife and I decided since I we were at the beach and then I'm going out of town this upcoming week, that that would be the let's decorate the house time to make sure we get all the Christmas decorations up because we're hosting again this year. And um, I had all I had some new shit that I brought from down at the beach to blow molds and stuff. And we wrapped some presents and it was it was nice. It was nice. Uh, But I was doing the bit where I was running back and forth from the garage to the house because we keep all the decorations in the garage and dragging stuff back and forth. And um, I forgot when I decided it was a son of the Santa night, but um, somewhere in the middle of all that, you know, it was, sure. hey, <laughs> it's where if you're in the festive mood, that thing's looking at you. Yeah, we're decorating for Christmas. And uh, look at this. Here's my own bottle of Christmas bourbon. I was like, do you want any? She's like, no. I'm like, I'm going to sit here and drink this by myself. And she's like, yeah, I was like, OK. <laughs> so um, it was Saturday night. I didn't feel like an alcoholic. I uh, started having some. And, Man, is that stuff? That is uh, that's some smooth stuff right there. So I had a couple glasses, and uh, I remembered that I had left. Um, I did some Secret Santa shopping down at the the Outer Banks. I went down and got some stuff for my Secret Santa, and uh, I remembered it was in the in the truck. So I said, "Let me let me go grab it." Ran out there, ran back in, and uh, kicked off the shoes. Throw them on the floor, dance in the kitchen in the morning light, Louisiana Saturday night. Uh, my wife was, we have a split level, so my wife's down the little stairs. Tor helped me carry a foosball table down those little stairs before. Uh, she was sitting on the couch, like, untangling some lights, and I came bursting through the door, and I said, look, I found all of the Secret Santa gifts, and I put 
the floor that leads down to the split level is hardwood, and then in there's like a carpet runner that goes down, and then it's carpeted. Yeah. <clears throat> I have done this move so many fucking times in my life. It's I'm wondering how I'm not a paraplegic. I put one foot on the carpet, and then I clip the hardwood floor with the left socked foot the foot goes straight up in the air then i go, then go vertical so i'm actually in the air um think of like a perpendicular to the floor yeah um my arms are full too so I've, I've got bags and bags of stuff so there's no cushioning myself and i fall down and instead of just doing what i normally do which is follow my i've i've sna i have a fractured coccyx i've done this so many times that my coccyx is actually fucked for the rest of my life because you can't really do anything about it once yeah. it's fucked um usually i fall on my back and i'm uh fucked up for like about an hour but then i i walk it off i tucked my left leg underneath me somehow and when i landed i i help i felt my knee just explode Ooh. um and I started screaming, ow, my knee, man. Hold my hand, man. Um, I hit the ground, and my wife starts screaming because it's like, I mean, it just, sound, it just sounded like the whole house was coming down because you see what I look like. Yeah, and then, uh, I get it. I've fallen down the stairs before, and then it's, it's, it it's a national emergency. Neighbors are coming over. Dude, what? She just scream, she's screaming. Like She's screaming like a fucking there's a wolf in the house. <laughs> And I'm like, God, that must have looked really bad. And uh, like, I'm, I'm hurting, but I'm not as fucked up as I. I've fallen down those stairs so many fucking times that like, I've there's like a scale of one. You know, you go to the hospital. It's like, where's your pain? Yeah, <laughs> level one through ten. Uh -huh. This is about a seven. Okay. Where usually it's a ten. It's excruciating. And I go, oh my fucking god! And she goes, you were falling for like three minutes straight. <laughs> I said, what? How is that possible? So, um. I uh, I try to get up, and uh, you know how like your knee, like you could, you, when you feel your leg, you can tell your leg is supposed to move a certain way. Yeah, it did the bit where I I move my leg out to stand, and the leg kept going. So it feels like something has just snapped in there and is loose. And I was like, oh! And then there was a stabbing pain. I fell over again, and she started screaming again. And I was like, I'm fine. Limped over to the side of the fucking couch. I got up and I sat down and I was like, look, uh, I have done this before. It's a sprain. Like I have sprained my knee three or four times in my life. And this is how it feels like. It feels like a giant fucking explosion of pain. I think yeah. I've, but there was no pop. You know, there was no. Uh -huh. I didn't hear a snap. I didn't hear any of that. Those are two good avoidances. Uh, I was like, but I'm going to I'm going to chill out. Uh, got real bad. I, I, by the time I went up to bed, it was fucking. I could barely move. Uh, and then I got um, downstairs to watch football on Sunday, and I could every time I kicked it out to stand, it was just like this stab of fucking pain into my knee. Now, by the end of the night, it wasn't as painful, but it's still doing a bit where structurally it does not feel the same way. So I am worried that something has happened, um, but the pain is not as much as it used to be. So... I'm going to do what most dudes do and fuck it. Whatever Just is wrong with it, that shit. It's fuck it. I don't <laughs> like how many more years do I have left? Uh, I guarantee this rotator cuff is tore. I'll bet you a thousand dollars it is. I'm not, no, no disrespect. Yeah. I mean, it has been torn. Sure. Um, fuck it. It doesn't matter. Like, what do I need to throw a football for? And uh, I'm just thinking I'm going to add the. Uh, MCL. I, I said PCL in front of Joe. You would have thought that I had a fucking alien crawl out of my ear. Ah. He's like, PCL? What the fuck is that stupid shit? Sure. Fucking asshole. Yeah. And I was like, you know, your MCL, your PCL, your ACL. No, there's no PCL. You fucking dumb. 
there's a PCL, buddy. He's just cr- cursing at me. And I was like, Joe, look at your phone. Oh, fuck you. And I'm like, all right. <laughs> That's not a rational response. No, it wasn't. He's like, I'm playing Marvel Strike Force, needle dick. Oh, like, that's. Yeah. So it was rough. Um, but I felt the need to disclose the injury because I am still hobbling around a little bit. And what stinks is like I was trying to do the bit where I cross over against the light um, out front. And I realized, oh, my God, if I need to run, I'm not going to be able to run to get out of this street. So that was a little harrowing. But, uh, you know, getting around OK. That's no that's no fun to, to hurt the lower body. I'm, I'm, no. sorry, I'm sorry that uh, that you went down like that. It's a bummer. Went down hard, too. Real hard. The uh, I I was like that punter that Sean Taylor hit. That's how that's how hard I went down. Tor, it was bad. Of course, no one was hitting me. I I just fell. I've been pretty scared straight that uh, uh, at the point where I know that when I hit the big four zero, I'm not going to do anything. I, I because did, you can't. It's the, the the it was the Tom Segura video where he tried oh. to dunk and he broke his leg and he broke his arm and I said <laughs> he broke his leg and he broke his arm. It, it's it's the worst injury video I've ever seen. Sure, and I said. You know what? When that comes around, I'm just throwing front toss. I'm not getting in the yeah, batter's yeah, box for yeah. coaching the little league team. You're not finding me running it out the first and well, tearing a hammy. I remember the junkies when they were turning 40 on the radio, and they're talking about how every time they got together, like play softball or something, somebody had a catastrophic injury. Like someone just <laughs> completely fucked up. I don't know how I've ducked that fucking bullet for as long as I have, to be honest with you. It's uh, there's some guys that you can just see, you know, if you're David Goggins, you know, sure. you, you can. You, you're, that's just your life. But for most people. That's that's I think where I'm going to cap it. Well, I mean, you don't need to. Uh, the problem with you though is you're kind of a muskox, so yeah. I could see you like getting caught up on something and still <laughs> smashing into a table or falling through. You like that girl and smile when she like the dead cat. She grabs it and then falls backwards through the table. Like I could see you doing something like that. It's just. You don't have to necessarily be playing rugby to have that happen. I, I'm sure you've been able to tell, but I have a rather large lower body. I've, it's uh, been pointed out to and, me from time to time. I was gifted with a good, strong knees and very, very large ankles. Uh, and the, what about Guam cheese? Not, not the Guam cheese, no. I, and a bomb breeze? Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, God, my fucking knee. <laughs> Maybe it's my intolerant bone that I snapped. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> The best barbecue in Virginia can only be found at Monk's Barbecue in Percival, Virginia. Check them out at Monk's BBQ on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and at monksq.com. It's the Chad Duke Show. Very excited to be joined by a gentleman who I am a big fan of his work. Uh, I guess painter, artist is the best way to describe him. You can go to at J Lohmeyer on Twitter and in, excuse me on Instagram Instagram I G J L O H M E I E R to see his work and see the drops that are happening and the sketches and the paintings and it's jasonlohmeyer.com for his website uh Jason Lohmeyer joins us on the Monks Barbecue Hotline as we live and breathe Jason thanks so much for making time buddy how are you You bet Chad thank you just pleasure to be here Dude, it's so crazy. So um, the internet is such a blessing and a curse. Uh, I'm a big music fan, and, you know, there's so many artists that don't get any money for their records because you can just get them online. But on the other hand, I found so many great bands on the internet, and I go out to their concerts and I'm able to buy their merch. So it's like this dual-headed sword. And uh, I feel like in your industry, there's a lot of that as well because people can still your stuff and use your stuff and not give you permission. But I would never have found your art if it wasn't for Instagram, which is a weird thing. Um, So I imagine that's something that you kind of encounter every day doing what you do. It's funny you mentioned that. I was just talking about that with a buddy um, 
there's a lot of resistance to put your art out there because of that. You know, they'll, they'll use it for t-shirts without your permission. You'll see it reposted. They're not tagging the artist, but I, I'm like you, I like, I found so many artists that have influenced me and got me to where I am from the internet. And so I'm the biggest proponent of, you know, you just get it out there. And I try to put my signature on my work and hopefully if, you know, somebody's, you know, using my images, at least give me credit. How did you get in? You're in Arizona, and I did um, in 2005 to 2006. I did a year of radio in Arizona, and it was the. Uh, I'm from the East Coast. It was the best year of my life. I, I thought it was. It's just gorgeous. I loved everything about it. I didn't mind the, the heat was its kind of own unique animal. Like watching the way the people in the desert kind of they they just knew how to handle it. Like everywhere had misters. Our apartment complex there was like eight <laughs> eight pools, and I was only paying six hundred dollars a month or something. It's just. I love Arizona. I've been back a hundred times since then, and so it does. It never surprises me when I see someone is, you know, kind of motivated, influenced by that area. But but your art, um, you know, it, it it kind of encompasses that, but it also encompasses this Western lifestyle and the, the image of the, you know, the, the 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 rider sitting atop the steed. It's kind of this majestical, intimately American scenery. Um, I immediately was drawn to it. I guess the cliche question is how how did you get into this style of art? Great question. Um, so right now I'm doing a Davy Crockett sketch, young Davy Crockett. That's, so that's awesome. kind of more east. Yeah, yeah, it's more like east East Coast, you know, Tennessee. Um, so my love, yeah, I was born and raised in Arizona. So I grew up, literally, my dad taking me to ghost towns. I've been to Tombstone a hundred times. Uh, grew up in Tucson. It's you know, it was a uh, switched hands between you know the Spanish and the U.S. government, you know, settlers. Uh, so I just grew up hiking. You know, seeing uh, ruins and it was just kind of in my psyche. And then, of course, you know, reading history books and just falling in love with the genre is kind of why I'm doing it. And uh, you'll see my art, you know, collectors that kind of go and see. I kind of do contemporary, like modern day, real cowboy, cowgirl. And I also like that historical side, Daniel Boone, Wyatt Earp. Davy Crockett and all that stuff. You do a great job with women painting women. You do a great job with painting uh, Native Americans. You had some a piece I actually didn't get on your uh, Black Friday <laughs> drop because it went so quickly. Um, I love the idea of the bandito with like the big broad hat and the the mask and the the shootout. You you do a really good job of that. Um, I think a lot of the reasons why people are drawn to that too is because life has become. You show like Yellowstone's the biggest show on TV. Is that life's kind of become so posh, especially for us here on the East Coast? When you see this, you know, this whimsical frontier that, that still exists in a lot of ways, like pop culture is being pushed in that direction. Have you noticed that? Like, have you noticed more and more casual fans becoming, uh, you know, interested in the genre? Oh, for sure. Um, I think some of my biggest fans right now are these uh people that play red dead redemption i've never played it it's a video <laughs> yeah, game that makes sense and i'll get requests you know and i said no i'm kind of i'm you know, not doing a lot of commission work right now but i have a lot of people uh following me because they like the bandit that kind of raw wild west and i would describe myself as uh an artist who likes to capture all those genres you know i like to kind of delve into myth and legend not so much the historical side as you know which i love but I'm kind of all out, you know, well-rounded and kind of focusing on that. So I'd say that's probably uh, why I get a lot of that draw. Um, I will say this. I had a, a woman come up to me at an art show, and she just said, thank you. And I said, for what? And she goes, for painting women 
that are tough, but they're also the feminine side. Yeah. So I, you know, I don't, there's no, I'm just trying to paint realism, you know, and, and kind of delve into that kind of mythic side, but it's neat that you and other collectors kind of see that. I enjoy anything that seems to be devoid of agenda on any side of any argument, and your painting absolutely and your drawing seem to embody that, which is refreshing. I think a lot of people find that refreshing right now. Let me ask you about when people – I see a lot of times – I've been following you on Instagram for a while now. People are like, hey, I you know, I drew this horse. What do you think? Like, I, I looked at your stuff, and I wanted to try my hand in it. I, I've been doing this for a long time when someone says, hey, I started a podcast – because you did a podcast, I'm like well, that means nothing to me. I hate you. Like, and I, it's not that harsh, but like it doesn't it doesn't mean to have the, the same impact. I noticed that you take a lot of um, you know pride in the fact that you influence others to do that. How how long how long did it take you to? Because I feel like what you do is this. It's a very odd blend of talent and also reps repetition, like calling that ability. How, how long does that process take when you have these laymen that want to try to do what you do? Yeah. Um, and I like, so people ask me a lot of times, like how long have you been doing it? Right. Cause they go like, I, I want to get into this. I want it. And I go, I've been drawn my whole entire life. Like from age five, I had a pencil in my hand. My mom, bless her heart, putting markers, trans, you know, and force, I mean, think about it. We grew up without internet. We grew up without a phone. So you had to entertain yourself. So I feel blessed in that side of it. Um, but I do get a lot of people, you know, they want to do it. And I go, it's hard, but anything's hard. You know, radio's hard. Music's hard. Tattooing's hard. No matter what you want to do, you have to work at it. And I think I'm kind of a testament to that. Just hard work. You know, no one's, no one, I didn't have a, a parent who was a famous artist going here, here you go. Here's the ropes. I've, I've scratched and clawed my way to this. Um, and I've got a long way to go. So, uh, I kind of am in that kind of belief that you just, if you, if you just kind of love it so much and you do it, it's going to come to you. And that's kind of what I'm doing right now. I'm still just doing what I love, drawing and paint. Jason Lomar joins me on the chat. Duke showed is the monk's barbecue hotline. You can go and see all of his stuff on his Instagram. Jay Lomeyer there and Jason Lomeyer. Dot com. Where does the, um, I don't want to say supernatural, but, uh, you know, there's been this explosion of ever since we've had all these declassified documents. The Navy has basically confirmed that they don't know what UAPs are, UFOs are. And there's kind of like this UFO culture that's been validated. It used to be these outliers, these valence electrons orbiting around, you know, the nucleus of society. But now it's like we have the government acknowledging we don't know what these things are. And that leads to even more conversation and actually credible people having it. The, the the kind of um, conflation between the West and this type of phenomenon where you talk about Skinwalker Ranch or where you live or in Nevada, like it always has seemed to have been there in some of your most popular pieces. Like that's what it depicts. It's like, here's the classic UFO and look at this. There's a bunch of cows getting sucked up inside of it or there's a bunch of cowboys <laughs> or Native Americans or whatever it is. And I got to say, I, I was incredibly intrigued by them. They're They're really great looking and they seem to be some of the most popular. When did that is that an interest you've always had? Like, are you listening to, you know, Bob Lazar getting interviewed or is it just, Hey, I'm responding to what the audience wants. Like, how did that come to be? You know, it's, I'm laughing over here. Cause it's like, you're kind of reading my mind. I've actually, <laughs> I've actually, uh, created a lot of these artworks while I'm listening to Joe Rogan. That's crazy, man. Interview Lazar, Fraber. You know, and some of these other yeah. Fraber. And I'm listening to it while I'm creating, I'm getting kind of inspired. 
But um, growing up in the Southwest, you know, it's a big night sky. It's nice weather. You're outside a lot. You do see stuff. I've seen uh, some stuff I can't explain. You know, when I was a kid, it probably stuck with me. Like it was 1989, and my dad and I were watching satellites. You know, he's showing me satellites, and all of a sudden the satellite stopped and then spiraled in another direction. And my dad's like, uh, Jason, uh, satellites don't do that. And we still, I'm getting goosebumps right now. You know, we've we just seen weird stuff out here, shapeshifters. I got a shapeshifter story I could tell you. So there's definitely that draw to it. And um, I've done that my whole life. Like even 10 years old, I would draw UFOs doing stuff. It just kind of more recently got into some sketches. And then I got collectors asking that, that one of the Longhorns, I have 10 people asking me, to do a commission just like that. And yeah. I don't want to do it right now. So I'm kind of, I will do more of them, but uh, yeah, I, I kind of like to follow my muse. And if I feel like doing that, doing it, but um, yeah, I, I love UFOs and I like the, the whole people are kind of used to be the one like, if you talked about UFOs, you were crazy. And now everyone's talking about it. So I feel like it's kind of nice to kind of do some sketches and people don't think I'm crazy for sketching it. You have 11 customers that want that. Cause I'm, I'm on that list too. <laughs> I think I actually sent you a DM about it. Um, t tell me, you did, you wanted it. Yeah, I did. I, I, I still do. Um, tell me the, tell me the shapeshifter story. You can't tease something like that. All right. Uh, here we go. So, uh, true story. I swear it's, it's, uh, it gives me goosebumps as I tell it. So it's about the turn of the century. So I'm, I'm 44 years old. I'm probably about 19 years old. It's 2000. And I'm working for the United States Forest Service in Tucson, outside of Tucson, Catalina Ranger District. And um, we're on, long story short, I'm on the trail crew. And you get paid to hike these trails in the forest with chainsaws, tools. And we're out there about six miles in from the trail where people would park. And my buddy, uh, he's like, ah, I got to go to the bathroom. So he takes off up the trail and we're working and he's gone like an hour. And finally, someone says, someone better go see if Greg's okay. So I go around the corner and he's talking to this guy. Greg's sitting on a rock and this guy's talking. The guy's dressed like a shaman. He has, you know, like a moccasins, a walking staff. And I just kind of, I get a little close and Greg's like, well, we better go back. And I didn't really hear what they were talking about. And Greg says, I got to tell you what that guy talked about. So uh, we show the guy what we're doing, what we're building on the trail and he takes off. And then that night when we get back to our spike camp, Greg, I go, Greg, you got to tell me. And he says, Greg's trying to find a place to go to the bathroom. And he sees the largest coat of Monday. And if anyone is listening on the East coast, these kind of raccoon type things with long tails. And he sees this Coda Monday go around the corner. So Greg grabs his camera and goes around the corner. And the guy standing there and says, sit down. We need to talk. I've been waiting to talk to you. And so he tells Greg how the end of the world is coming. And it was – I could go more into it. But anyways, that's happened to me. Tons of stuff. Uh, so that's I've, – I've actually drawn the Coda Monday a lot. Yeah. it a lot in my art. So a lot of my art has stories. I'd love to, to, to tell more but. They, the Code of Monday is funny, man. I've got like two or three people I know that have been trying to get one of those and domesticate it like for a long time, <laughs> and they, they don't think they lend themselves to that. But man, you're talking about a skinwalker, and like that—that's I'm I'm so interested in that because 
I, I don't want to get too far down the rabbit hole here, but um, I, yeah. I kind of have bought into that. I've read George Knapp's book on Skinwalker Ranch, and I've kind of – I think it's all connected. I don't think it's aliens, yetis, ghosts, and all that. I, I think what it is is we have – there's another dimension that has access to ours, and because of that, like these things, they disappear and they go away, and we don't know why because we don't – we haven't been able to figure out how to process that yet. It's the way I'm sure that, you know, if you went back to – I don't know, 1300, and you have a steamship, people would say that that was alchemy. Um, and it all, it would explain all of it. You know what I mean? It would explain everything that we see. A hundred percent. And I I was just thinking, like, uh, my wife will will call me right when I'm thinking about it. Like, I'll, I'll be thinking, she'll call. Like, what is that? That's, that's you know, there's something psychic going there that we've lost, you know, our touch with. Um you know, it, yeah, I'm the same in the same boat. The weird thing is, for me, it happens a lot with the with dogs. Like I was, this is so strange. We were watching this. Uh, we do a movie club for the show. We watched this movie uh, about this uh, aircraft carrier that goes through a, a time portal, and it's made back in the '80s, so they're not as final countdown. Dude, they're, final th- countdown. there you go, brother. Um, so we're One watch- of my favorite movies. Great fucking movie. So we're watching it, and they're kind of being shitty to a dog in this movie. And I'm a, I'm a big dog guy. And I remember it's. It, I was like, God, I was sitting there thinking, I hope this movie doesn't kill this dog off. Like, I hope they rescue this dog out of yeah. the ocean. And I swear to God, right then, my dog was sitting next to me, and she's not the most affectionate dog. She just kind of leaned over and put her head, like, on my shoulder. And right when that happened, they yanked the dog up out of the ocean into the helicopter. And, and, mm-hmm. and every time I have something like that happen, it's like, well, no one's going to believe me that this means anything. But it's like that that line in Pulp Fiction where he says, it doesn't matter if, you know, uh, I God changed Coke to Pepsi or helped me find my car keys. What ha- what matters is that, that I felt the touch of God. And I'm not even saying right. that it's like a spiritual thing, but it's like that's that's something that happened to me that is I can't really explain. Um, right. And so, like, every once in a while that, that takes place. And, you know, what we're talking about right now would kind of go a ways for us to – figure out why that's happening 100 percent. yeah it, it's there's definitely another dimension or spiritual side that we're not in touch with that's it's allowing us to see a lot of things yeah. you know I, I actually coming up for collectors uh my buddy fort fort Viren, you gotta check him out maybe get him on the pod, podcast down there on the show okay He's uh, an artist I've done a collab with, but we're actually going to do another collaboration here in 2023 where we'll actually work on the same art piece. Like I'll sign it and he'll sign it and we each kind of touch the same piece. But I want to do some Bigfoot um, pieces. Yeah. And UFOs. So look out for that. But he's uh, one of my buddies and he's he's just like me. We love what we both grew up in Arizona. We love the Wild West and it kind of shows in our artwork. Have you read uh, Devolution by Max Brooks? No. So Max Brooks wrote World War Z, which and the Zombie Survival Guide, which I've are, read that one. Yeah, yeah. Well, he wrote a he wrote a, a Bigfoot book, um, and it's oh really fantastic. It's it's about the most realistic depiction. It's fiction, but um, man, they could make a fucking movie about that. I'm, I'm with you on the, the any on all the Yetis, the skunk apes, all that stuff. I had a guy named Denver Michaels on my show who actually did a whole bunch of stuff here in Virginia about following around the uh, what is it called the, the Wood Booger. Apparently lives here in Virginia, and he was trying really? to, trying to find. It. Yeah, man, I'll send you a copy of his book. I, th- I think you dig it. Um, one last thing is I am writing a book, and what I'd like to do is get you on tape saying that you will make <laughs> a sketch or a painting, a, a rubbing, anything, basically spill paint on a canvas so that I can use it for the cover of this thing when it's done, hopefully, next spring. 
I will I will say yes, but I want to explain <laughs> why why uh, commissions from artists commissions can be it can be amazing and they can also be please frustrating. Sure. So yes, I will I will make a cover for your book. Uh, but let let's talk about this. So um, so musicians, right? Mm-hmm. Or are you you put you write a song, you put your heart into this song, you play it at the concert, and then the guy in the crowd screaming freebird freebird oh right they were, yes so so what happens a lot is people go like paint me this paint me paint me predator paint me a samurai and <laughs> you that you kind of feel like you're selling your soul for a point because sure, it's like sure. well you're doing what they want and so what has been amazing in the last it's only been about a year and a half here uh, where no matter what I make, someone's wanting it, someone's buying it, someone's hanging it up. So you don't have to do. I love it. I'm, yeah, right. I, and so I, I get about ten requests a week, and I just have to say I'm not doing it right now. Sorry, I, I refer them to friends because then I get less bandits. I get less. And then let's say you, someone said, "Well, I want a bandit," and then I go and I make it, and then they go, "Well, that's not really what I wanted." And it takes it takes some of that uh, creativity out. It makes right. it more like work and less fun. But I will do a cover for you because uh, I think you and I are kind of have the same mind. And, uh, yes. Yeah, it'll be we, awesome. We chew a lot of the same dirt. And here's what you're going to find about me. I've got a very low opinion of myself. And when I find somebody that knows what they're doing, I don't generally – I was a plumber's apprentice for a very long time. And, and the worst thing that ever happened was when the co- the homeowner – would hover over your shoulder and try to give you advice as you're sitting there wrestling with a fill valve or replacing a water heater. So I always promised to myself I'd never do that. And Jason, here's what I can tell you. I'm writing a book that takes place in Arizona. It's about the West, and there's some fantastic elements. That's it. That's the guidelines. Whatever you hand me after that, I will put gratefully put on the cover and trust that you know more about creating something like that. Than I do, and we'll it will be—it it will be way more authentic too. That if I'm sitting there hovering over your shoulder, being like, "No, put a dinosaur over there fighting the the, the Indian chief." Like, I'm not going to do that to you. <laughs> cool, you got it, man. Uh, that's awesome. Um, so what is the just real quick before we wrap up? Like, how do people? Because the one thing that I am frustrated with you with is I would like a chance to buy more of your stuff. Um, if people are interested in picking up your artwork and supporting the artist, you know, having the money go to you, not having to, you know, whatever it is people do, second party, you have to pay an agent or what right. have you. Like, what, what is the best way for my listeners, if they're interested to do something like that, what, what's the best way for them to do that? Thank you. Yeah. So I'm not working with a gallery right now, and, and I do support galleries. Sure. They help you find collectors, but they do take 50%. Yeah. And for right now, for me, the best way for me is go to jasonlomar.com. It's direct for me. I run the website. So if you email me from there, yeah, it's me writing you back. I don't have any staff. It's, it's all mom and pop. Um, and then the Instagram has been amazing. It's um, great. I do try to funnel people to jasonlomar.com because it's just me. Everything's, you know, it's in-house where it's Instagram. They've actually, one of my most popular pieces, Land of Cotton, I tried to sponsor it and they denied me. And so it kind of made me realize that I got to definitely get people to away from Instagram onto a website. Yeah. But either one of those places, uh, contact me. I'm making them as fast as I can. I'm doing this, uh, Davy Crockett right now. Uh, it's, you know, it's, I'm, <laughs> I, I need a clone is what I need. So, uh, but yeah, those are the two places they can get a hold of me. And, uh, I appreciate you spreading the word and looking forward to, 
finding some new collectors. Yeah, man. Do you ever feel like I, I don't want to get this is be my last question. I, I'm sorry, I've kept you too long, but no, I got all the time. You need. Do you ever feel like because because there's a person that doesn't do what you do? Music. You mentioned music. I feel like sometimes you have the ability to travel through time. Like when you listen to a song, like I listened to, what the hell was it? A Little Lion Man by Mumford and Sons on the way in here for the first time in like a hundred years. And I'm kind of sick of that song as everybody is, but I swear to God, it feels like you're jumping in Doc Brown's DeLorean and I was right back to 2005 whenever that song came out. Like I could remember where I lived and what, what I was cooking and I just, it's a portal and I feel like art especially what you do um it's almost like a portal it's like a it's like a time traveling device where you're summoning a bygone era um and it just appears like the painting that i that i bought you that i bought from you that i'm that i'm hanging in my basement right now Bandit. I, I bought, yeah i look at it and i'm like well that that guy that's a guy that was riding around somewhere at some point you know back in 1874 outside the black mesa northeast arizona like i i could just see it and feel it this is that overly dramatic or is that something that's ever crossed your mind? No, that's, I mean, when I'm making a piece, I want the collector or the viewer to be transported to that, 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 that place, yeah. you know, that, and that's why, that's why I'm focusing on the wild west is that's my favorite genre. I mean, I, my, in my head, there's a Western walking dead graphic novel uh aliens versus cowboys that i will probably do before i die yeah but but right now it's it's creating fine art which is a one piece that kind of you know pictures worth a thousand words but uh so that's kind of what i'm doing and i'm glad you kind of see that but no there's definitely when i'm when i'm drawing and i'm sketching i'm transported back to 10 years old yeah. in my room you know it's 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 really neat and then tying in with all those people that came bef before me and a hundred years later, after me, they're going to be drawing and painting just as well. You know, it's it's very odd to have this conversation, man. I turn forty four tomorrow. You just said you're forty four, and like I, yep. that, that's exactly what I, I. It'll never be anything like my my four hundred listeners will listen to it, and I'll be grateful or read it, and I'll be grateful for that. But that's kind of what I'm trying to create with the written word right now. So it's very strange. I'm I'm a big fan of your stuff. It's it's really really great. It speaks to me, and um, I'm I'm glad you were able to make time for this. You're great on the the mic. Another reason why it's always weird to do this. I'm like sometimes artists can be weirdos, and you're a normal dude yeah. that can tell a story, and that's very <laughs> rare in this industry. So I got a lot more next time. We'll we'll. Well, I got a lot more stories to tell you. Yeah, please. I got nothing but time. I got a create from Void over here. It is at JasonLohmeyer.com. Go there, check out the, the arts, and uh, be on the lookout. He's on Instagram as well. Really great to talk to you, bud. I'm a big fan. Thank you so much for the time. Thank you, Chad. Appreciate your time. Yeah, man. Great conversation. Jason Lohmeyer, everybody, on the Chad Duke Show. The Virginia Pizza Crusade is on a mission to find the best slices in the Commonwealth. To keep up with the reviews, be sure to follow the Virginia Pizza Crusade on Instagram, at Virginia Pizza Crusade. There's many people that don't know the story. Jim, do you remember the human burrito story? <laughs> I do. Monk, do you remember the human burrito story? I don't. Oh. Well, oh, as someone that's the well. proprietor of an eatery, have you ever killed anyone in the bathroom? Almost. But okay. I would know. <laughs> have you ever fed a human to anybody? Not that I know right, of. Spoiler alert. Just to oh. the pigs. <laughs> Just to the... As greedy as a pig. Beware of any man who owns a pig farm. Um... Steve retold this story on Sunday as we were watching one of the dozens of boring football games that were on TV. An exciting I, tie. Yeah, I actually wanted to go out and shop for a dresser of drawers. I was so fucking <laughs> bored with those goddamn games. Um, the the story is in San Francisco, and Joe can corroborate this because he is the Sultan of San Francisco. 
We couldn't get into the French Laundry. If you, if you could have gotten in there, they could probably get you in. Yeah, you, your glucose yeah. levels would have been fucked because they don't have any bread. Um, they would have just brought out a pile of butter. <laughs> you're driving around with the band, and it's after the gig. Late at night, uh, there's an area in San Francisco called the Tenderloin. Is that and, true, Joe? <laughs> and in the 90s, it was the, the greatest place. Now it's, it's a mess, but uh, it was where all the strip clubs were and the after-hours bars. That's where you find the pie tasters. And, uh, the Tenderloin and, was amazing in the early 2000s. I know myself. <laughs> Hired many brothel toots out, out there <laughs> exactly. out on the West Coast. And all the bands uh, from all the venues would stay at these uh, hotels with this hotel group that had the Phoenix Hotel and the Holiday Lodge and another one I can't recall the name of. And we were at the Holiday Lodge this night, and it was either with the Boston's or the Bouncing Souls. And there's this pool in the middle, and the show's over, and we're drinking beer, and it's like 3.30 in the morning, 4 o'clock in the morning, and everybody's hungry at this point. So a few of us decide we're going to go get food. So we go to the you know the front desk there's nothing open this time of night in san that's francisco so weird. you guys you're from the east coast that's not how they do it in san francisco everything so <laughs> they don't i don't late know night food in it was san like francisco. four o'clock in the morning and huh. they swore we wouldn't be able to find anything you so should be able to find a uh, all-night pizza joint and an all-night chinese joint basically in any fucking town mm-hmm. and and you know with a, a cap at over fifty thousand. well to so to corroborate this person's story the uh the the cab we f- we flagged down said there's nothing open you have to go to like Oakland or whatever. You know, it's like really far away where there are fast food restaurants open late. And we're like, well, let's just let's just try. And we're all drunk and fucked up, so let's just try. So, all right, as long as you pay me, we'll. So we go driving around and we, I don't know, 15 minutes. Finally, we come across this little strip mall area, and there's a light on in the end unit, and it's a Mexican place, and we see people in there. And is there like, an open light on, or is it just a uh, light? I, you know. I, I didn't. I didn't see an open light, but there was not. Know. There was not a darkened open light. Okay. So All right. It, to to us, it looked like a reasonable place to go into. It wasn't um, like there were little bodegas open, but there was no you know no an pizza place, sure. and, you know, no eatery. So we go in. All of us go in. We've been driving around. Everybody's drunk, so some of the guys have to take pisses. And I go up to the counter, and there are a few guys behind the counter, and I notice that on this big butcher block table, about as big as this table here, there's a pile of meat in the middle of it and just blood dripping off. And It didn't look the like floor. the kitchen and the menu that we just saw? It was, no, I mean, it wasn't as nice as that. <laughs> Not <course>. quite. <laughs> but, it, you know, it was a, it, there was a, a glass uh, display case in the front and, the, and a, you know, an old... Um, uh, Whatever you, where you pay people, the cash register. A cash and then register, generally what they call it. Ten feet back, the there's a big you butcher people? block table, yeah, yeah, yeah. and there's a, an oven, you know, stoves on one side and a prep table on the other Did side. Did you think anything about the big bloody mountain of meat we th- at the time? We th- okay, at least I thought that they were preparing for the next day, maybe, and okay. they were getting their meat ready. They were grinding stuff up and getting ready to cook it. I, I don't so this know. This is raw meat. I don't know how to run a restaurant. It certainly looked raw to me. Does it look like the type of place that would go to those extents, though, to prepare their own meat? Or did you it think? It looked like pork. I'll, okay. I'll give that okay. detail. Was it, it was light, a light, so it was light colored, colored meat, meat? But there was blood, and which right. was, you know, I'm used to red meat bleeding. There's but, blood with meat sometimes. Yeah, sometimes. So. Did you see any fingernails or wristwatches? <laughs> didn't, didn't see anything like that. Okay. And, uh, and so Credit cards? We're drunk. Again, we're <laughs> drunk. And... Uh, I, we need 15 burritos and 30 tacos. And, you know, you're just doing the math of how many people you're trying to feed. I love and drunk, a lot of people. Drunk ordering yeah. Mexican food yeah, is dude. one of life's great joys. Yeah. <laughs> Two bands and all the crew. And, and so we're just ordering stuff. And, yeah, yeah, sure. And 
each one of the guy goes in the bathroom, leave, walks out front to have a cigarette or whatever. And then, you know, I wait around and I said, or do you still, are you still selling beer? Yeah, sure. Whatever you want. Okay. We'll take two cases of Heineken. And wait, see, that's to me, the weirdest part is that I've never been to a restaurant that would sell you a fucking case of beer. I mean, maybe four it's o'clock in the morning. Yeah. I, maybe it's different in San Francisco, but I've never fucking heard of that. Well, I don't. I don't know some how. There's states it, that do it. Well, Pennsylvania, you can buy yeah. beer in restaurants. Yeah, but it's but California. Yeah. It's I don't the most know uptight how, I can't state remember. in the I know Seven Elevens. You can actually buy liquor in California. Oh yeah, and yeah It might yeah. be 24 hours a day. So again, none of this set off any alarm bells to us uh, as as the events are unfolding. You know, and so I wait around. The beer is there. Finally, stuff gets wrapped up. How much do I owe you? Yeah, Sixty bucks. 60 bucks for 15 burritos and 30 tacos? <laughs> yeah, a case of beer. Like, they, they didn't have set prices. And they were nothing. shooting from the yeah, the most like, expensive city oh, no. in America. The first number that came, yeah. And I'm like, all right, here's $100, buddy. I'm going to go I'm take a piss. I'm going to get myself. Like, this is great, guys. Go in the bathroom, walk in. The door shuts behind me. There's blood everywhere, all over the bathroom. <laughs> this is when I sober up. And I'm like, I'd say it's pretty okay. sobering. There's blood on the walls. There are handprints. There's um, handprints, bloody white, handprints. Monk. The white paper is all just shoved in the trash can. There's blood on the floor. There's a drain. There's like footprints. Holy the shit! Toilet. There's blood all over the toilet. I mean, there's blood everywhere in this bathroom, to the point where I didn't piss, and I just turn around. And I walked out, and the guy's like. Okay, you ready to go? And what? I was like, "Yeah, thanks, man. Uh, have a nice night." Now you have no, you have made note in the past that once you left the bathroom, that the guy who you were talking to, his mood or his decorum changed. It, it was yes, it was like it's time for you to get the fuck out of here. Yeah. Right. Basically. It went from hey, anything like, you want to yeah. okay, now you see where we did it. <laughs> yeah, I, I, that's kind of where. He, yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, I had two legs of the tripod, and I didn't want to be the third leg. Sure, so why not? I, I took what he offered, and and then I went out and got in the cab, and I remember everybody just being very quiet in the cab. Because you all kind of silently. <laughs> it's, it's like we all are trying to process what the, right. what the hell just went on did, in that Did place. the cab driver, did you say anything to him? Or No, he, he didn't care. He was getting his cab fare. He, he's smoking cigarettes. He got 48 he was, bucks. He doesn't give a fuck if yeah, somebody died. He had his methadone. He's doing all Sure. Right, you know, Sounds so. delicious. I wasn't driving back then. <laughs> so, you, so you got back to the- we get back to the hotel again we're st we're still drunk and we probably went back and smoked a joint and had some more beer and sure. then people are unwrapping their and most of the people had fallen asleep by this point so, so you had more burritos for everybody else a lot of the food is going to waste but i remember todd our bass player took a bite of the burrito and he was like this isn't cooked and it's <laughs> it's raw and it's and he used to work at a funeral home and he goes I think it might be human. And we're just like, you're fucking, you're fuck. And Todd always would play pranks. You know, he, he was like the ultimate Joker guy. And so we're like, oh, fuck you. Okay, none of us ate it. We all went to bed. The next day we got up and drove towards Tahoe and then out to Idaho or whatever was next. And over the next like week or so, we started to put things together. And we would ask Todd, like, were you fucking with us? And he's like, no, dude, I worked at a funeral home. So he, he always kind of kept that. Like that little sure. bit alive, but I saw the blood. I saw the pile of meat. Right, and did the and the meat looked unnatural to you? I think is the way you described it. Did not look it like it didn't look like ground beef. It didn't look like ribs. It it was a pile of these chunks of were these Mexicans. Oh yeah. So what what I know of. Mexicans do not have, from the ones that I've been told that are people that work in like an industry, I've talked to a lot of hunters that do this. 
they don't give a fuck about skinning an animal. Like, to them, it's, like, immediately, like, there's a lot of privileged fucking suburban white people like us where it's like, oh, I don't, I, I could probably shoot a deer, but I can't, I can't disembowel it. It's too mm -hmm. disgusting. There's not that cultural hang-up. What I've what I always thought possible is that those guys, maybe someone fucking got them a pig oh, or got okay. them a deer, and they just hung it up in that bathroom and were gutting it because it was 4 o'clock in the morning, um, and that's why it looked... Just trying to come up with yeah. anything that, that explains it rather than a murder most foul took place <laughs> and in then that you joint. Ate it. And I don't know why <laughs> they would give us it. evidence. You know, why would they hand out DNA evidence? But it was the 90s. It was Maybe they were OJ. bad at their jobs, too. Like maybe It might have been a, a, a dual, dual whammy. Like, they're murderers and they're not good cooks. <laughs> I hope Monk takes this as a compliment, but the second Monk finally murders, you know, somebody, which we all know is going to happen, he's going to deliver it to us with a delicious, you know, fucking beautiful sauce with burn-ended style. It's, it's going to taste not, good. We're not going to know. Yeah, it'll be nice and tender. I mean, he's told me how, like... I don't want to get into some of the trade secrets, but when Monk has meat that most people would throw away, he turns it into something delicious, and then people pay for it. Yeah. So I would think that he would be capable of, if they said, Monk, we got to get rid of this body, he could turn it into something that would also make money. Oh, yeah. I, but could, I could cook anything. But what I'm saying is you're skilled at what you do. These guys might not have been skilled that way. Yeah. Well, why would they why would they give it to you raw? I don't know. And why didn't they, if they, if it was just somebody Why didn't you call the police? Why didn't they say, like, they're drunk hey, fucking, it was the 90s. Yeah, but there's, a, there's a bathroom with bloody well, handprints. on mescaline. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, you were oh, definitely on mescaline, right? Can you admit, admit that now? Maybe mushrooms. All right, Probably well, not mescaline. By, by mushrooms, he means mescaline. Some of yeah. the guys are on acid, I'm sure. By some of the guys, you mean Steve Pytaster. They played this game called the acid game, and they had liquid acid, and they would um, try and dose each other and uh, dude do you know how <laughs> fucking dangerous that how is how did you get songs on the radio how did <laughs> the well, fucking happen both of these guys were in on it and uh it was only you know, two guys going back and forth they were going back and forth hard oh okay and uh that's several a bad, times that's a bad gimmick there, there was people at concerts that would come up and just spray you on the back of that's the neck with a water bottle and I remember there was shit. crystals of acid in it and it happened to me one time and about an hour later, I was tripping my balls off. Now, I wasn't that mad because I... Because you, like, were, you were twan back once, then. Yeah. And once I got sprayed, I was like, oh, that motherfucker just dosed me. So I was able to prepare to, for it. But if you're just some rando walking around and that happens to you... No, like, these that's guys gonna knew. Fucking ruin they, were, you. they were in on the gag. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So but, if they knew... Yeah. That thing at concerts, that was they would do that to normies, though, right? Yeah, they would they do would that just... to just normal people walking through, and it was really fucked up. What if they had, like, a up? drug test? I mean, we had that story where Bruce fucking dosed Hot Man, and it was like, this dude's got to go piss in a fucking cup, like, in a week. Yeah. He's got top-secret clearance. He could have fucked his whole life up. Yeah. I mean, that, was a bit, that was a bad bit. I don't think he can test for acid. Um, Best guess. You're sitting here now, and you're mid-60s. Like, what? what is your best guess? <laughs> I only look like Keith like, Olbermann. Th this was a long time ago. Yeah, you know, you're screaming about Trump, talking about baseball. What is your best guess to what happened right now, if you had to, like, swear on a stack of Bibles? Because the human burrito is a great story, and there's some shit about that story. Well, first of all, Monk, it's the first time you've heard it before he answers that. Yeah. Do you have any questions? or? Uh, I, I, the most glaring one was, why didn't you call the police? Uh, but well, but if you were real fucked up and and we and, all that, and we no, thought that our friend that. was joking that like okay so yeah but you saw the first, blood if it doesn't matter if he's joking but you, but you try and uh, so I thought somebody cut themselves in the bathroom and um, maybe they were just pissed off that we busted in but it was a and, lot of blood right and it, in, like immeasurable amount of blood like, <laughs> well, I mean, like, come on man I'm not making that up 
Yeah, I believe I mean, you, but how could that have just been well, a cut on the I mean, hand? If you cut yourself, if you hit an artery and you're squirting in the bathroom. Oh, and stop just, it, but, dude. But so at that point, I would think that they would say, hey, we're don't go in the bathroom. You there's, know, yeah, there's a bloody mess. cut himself and it's a mess in there. But So that's the unsettling part about it. Um, if you surprised them and they weren't expecting you, and they're just like, and they're hey, like, yeah. like, we're not going to k- kill six more people. And they can see your you know? drunk shitheads. Like, you're not cops. Yeah. Um, maybe they'd be like, oh, dude, the bathroom. And that's why it's, here's your bags. Get that's the fuck right. out of yeah. here. They and they got it with the door. Bleach the whole thing down. I, and, and if it was a gang-related thing, they're not going to report it to the police anyway. So that person probably wasn't on the books and he disappeared or they disappeared and the part about it that know. gets cartoony <laughs> you know is I mean? that they then put the dude in the sausage grinder and then served you I agree yeah, the, the pile of meat was this ground meat or was it, was it just like, like this tall meat? and it was so maybe meat. two and a half feet tall and about three feet in diameter yeah. like that's a, a big pile of, pile of meat and there was yeah. blood running off of onto the floor I'm not, what would that be for if someone was prepping like, for the next day, that's a lot of meat, right? But it it it, it it's it's it not was, ground. It's it not was, whole. It, it, it wasn't it's ground. Like it was almost like shaved and like chunked. Like it was okay. like if you yeah. like, like you're going to put it in a burrito. Yeah, yeah, okay. like a yes. Why would it be bloody? I don't. I've like, never seen bloody, bloody meat. No, meat. not in a burrito. And that's also, what I don't. It's a strip mall, right? Like an end unit in a strip mall. Like it doesn't have monks space to like fucking grind it's shit. The screen. He's got that, some acreage. Yeah, people are gonna hear what's going on. Could it be a, a red sauce that they douse it with before Mate, they stick it bullshit. in the burrito? Red sauce. How, how, what about the bloody bathroom? Yeah, they were they douse tapatio in, 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 in the bathroom. Anita's yeah. breakfast burrito. There's there's red sauce in there. Yeah, but they didn't throw it in the bathroom. I understand. I understand. I'm just trying to make some sense. of it. If it isn't a human burrito. Then what is it? Since then 1997, how- I've try- been trying to make yeah. sense out of this. I think that the only thing it could be is it'd have to be the perfect storm. Somebody had to nick an artery, spray blood, arterial blood everywhere. They're still open for some reason. They didn't lock the door. There's a giant pile of bloody meat that should never be in a Chipotle, like fucking knockoff or whatever that place was. Like you said, they're bringing a deer to, or like they yeah, could have. They could have brought a deer in because hey. My, We've got a place to butcher this. The, the and- guy that I know, I won't say his name, but he. He had a license to put tree stands in people's backyards, and he also was in construction. So what he would do is he would shoot a deer, and then he would have his workers. They would just truss it up wherever they were working and know that like they were going to put drywall and everything so nobody would ever see all the blood. They'd gut everything. He'd give them like half the deer. He would take half the deer because for their troubles, and that was it. There's blood everywhere. All right, so... Maybe they somebody were, got a pig. Maybe somebody said, I have a pig. Us. You own a burrito joint. Here you go. It's free. They're probably Why does it make it into a burrito? Yeah, the other thing, though. <laughs> Why does a human make it into the burrito? <laughs> here's the other thing is it, you can't rely on them to have remembered to lock the door. Like when you're involved in, if you're involved in a crime, hypothetically. This is a great point, actually. You, we, you, all think, we all think criminals are the criminals in movies. Yeah, you're not, you're not thinking about throwing the lock on the door. You're not thinking about like what you just did in the, like you're thinking about what's happening at that minute Mm -hmm. and you have completely forgot about the other things that have already previously happened and it could have happened and then when steve went in there they all remembered at the same time oh no he's in the bathroom that's where we just here's the skin this dude to me the biggest proponent of it being a human burrito is every single person Steve talked to in San Francisco said there ain't nothing open. Don't mm-hmm. even bother looking. So everybody that's in that town knows that. Yep. So why they wouldn't lock the door. They wouldn't fucking clean the bathroom because they're like, ain't nobody going to show up here until 11 o'clock tomorrow morning. I like the anyway. idea that there are hunters and they're laughing at us and they're like, those gringos think that we killed somebody. Ha ha ha. 
I don't think. I, I like no, that I don't idea. think it went that far. Where are you hunting in San Francisco? I don't know, but I don't want to have eaten a human burrito. Well, like, come on, <laughs> you guys all know this. Anytime you get outside of a big city in California, it gets rural real fast. Yeah. Like, so it's possible. Let's just say they're criminals. They went on a fucking farm somewhere, shot a buck or shot a pig, dragged it back in, and that's the crime they committed. They went to the French Laundry San- and stole a goat. Because yeah, if, if San it, Francisco yeah. is pretty surrounded, though, by other big yeah, cities. Yeah, suburban. It's like, Su- Oakland. like, there's not a lot of rural area around there. And maybe think- they shot something that was in one of the parks there, but... I'm trying to go back to the raw meat in the burrito. That's because the part that gets me. Yeah, if they're trying, if they're smart enough to say, "Let's get rid of the evidence by everyone will eat it," you would. Le- Why would you give it to? You cook it Are in the middle of this me? story. You just pissed. All right, I'll wait till the end of the story. No, you can go. <laughs> Why do you do that face? It's we, been a while. Why do you, it has go. not. You just pissed at the beginning of the You've whole. heard this story oh, it hasn't before. Been that long. I have. I gotta go. I can't even. <laughs> I can't even hold in on. the middle of the fucking. <laughs> There he goes. Zero. <laughs> Zero. It's such I mean, a fucking disaster with him. I, th- I think uh, the other part, too, the guy giving you the bag and it's like a, his demeanor changed could also be if he had skinned an animal and that thing was all like He just didn't want you to, but you know, my customer was, to see that. If they wanted to get away with it, like the way you don't get away with, let's say it's a human. If you give somebody a raw meat burrito and they're like, fuck this, I'm calling the Department of Health or whatever, they have yeah. they have the evidence. Like, you want everyone to eat the shit if you want to get away with it. And by doing so, you would think cooking it and seasoning it and things like that mm-hmm. would be mutually beneficial. What if it was raccoons? What if they killed a bunch of raccoons in the fuck and they skinned them all in the bathroom and they're turning them into burritos that would taste like shit? <laughs> I guess I could still be carrying trichinosis from that. To sure. This day. Yeah. I, do, I do think it goes back to, though, the guy that... that that put the seed, who planted the seed in your brain that it was a human, is a known trickster. Yes. But he also worked at a funeral home, and he swore... Yeah, they, don't, they don't fillet humans at a funeral no, home. No, but he saw yeah. nasty... Like, he picked up car crashes and people sure. that jumped in front of trains. Sure. And, like, he... That was actually one of his examples. Is I picked up a guy that stepped in front of an Amtrak, and that burrito Jesus. looked just like what I picked up. Well, I would be inclined but, to believe that. Again... What, what else was in the burrito? I think just as was terrible there, meat. Well, there wasn't any rice or fucking I was gonna lettuce. Say, was just, if I've killed somebody and I'm cooking it, I'm packing it, it out. To it's guy all o. meat. No, no, no. Oh, really? It's all meat. Get the meat. Get it the fuck out of here meat? as well, fast as possible. What if you want possible. them to eat it? What if they open it up and go, "This is fucking human"? What if it was like somebody that knew for a well, fact? I would be able to cook it, so you couldn't tell. There was no but, cooking. They could. I, I would. I'd move as much meat as possible. Just you get, it no... off, get it off my hands. All right. Yeah. Right. You know, like, but. I, I don't think so because I think you'd be smart enough to know if this motherfucker opens this thing up and it's just raw meat, they're going to call it, especially snooty ass fucking Loudoun County. Someone, they might yeah. call the fucking cops. I had to cook the meat though. Like, that's the part that I, I can't get over. Yeah. Is, maybe, is the raw meat. Maybe it's so, uh, the, the police are so bought and sold in San Francisco that they knew they weren't getting caught and they were fucking with these drunk guys. And it was a. You're human. giving them way too much credit. Because they didn't know you were coming in, they would have to set the whole fucking thing up. There's no way. No, just like when we stumbled onto them, whether it was a deer or a pig or right. a human being, they didn't care because they were going to get away with this. And that's why they didn't care that we had all walked in the bathroom where there was blood. And they gave us meat because they didn't care. It's not going to come back to them because there's no DNA evidence for this illegal alien that they killed in the kitchen. Oh, I got to make it about that. Now, let me well, ask. No, I'm saying because if that person is off if the If no one's looking for him. If nobody's looking for him. If it was like him, a mule or a yeah. coyote or somebody it's that somebody fucking. From Guatemala that isn't on the books in California and they disappear if a tree falls in the woods.
Friendos, if you're in the area, make sure you visit Commonwealth Dry Goods in scenic Old Town Fairfax. They have the very best in local candles, peanuts, gifts, chocolates, olive oil, hot sauce, along with ice-cold cheer wine, and both types of music on vinyl. You can check them out on Instagram and Facebook at Commonwealth Dry Goods, or order online today at CommonwealthDryGoods.com. Good Lord, that human burrito story. I, I remember it very vividly hearing it back in the day, hearing it a second time. It just keeps getting better. I don't I don't know what I would do in such a situation. Now, we will be back in studio with you guys. It's going to be another Tuesday through Friday show because, again, Monday is a travel day for most. Not me, but most. Ten and a half hour drive. I'll be in Nashville for roughly 27 hours. And then ten and a half hours back home. What an asshole. All right, guys. And as always, if you want to follow the show, the website, www.chaddukeshow.com. Get all your episodes. Get all the updates from the socials. Those are facebook.com backslash the Chad Duke Show. Twitter, it's at Chad Dukes. Instagram, it's at Chad Duke Show. Next Friday, the Holiday Hootenanny, December 16th, 7 p.m., live on Facebook for everybody. During the show, we're going to have those uh, Chad Duke Show Christmas ornaments and the Hot Tuna Fishing Club t-shirts available only during that show. So you got to tune in. You got to get your orders in. Once the show's over, it will be gone. Please, God, let Nashville go well for me. Or not. Either way, it's entertaining. Thank you guys so much for listening. I truly appreciate you. And if the good Lord is willing... And the creeks don't rise. We'll see you back here on Tuesday evening. Roll out the air boy!